This is a LibriVox.org recording by Ashwin Jain. This recording is in the public domain. Thus Spake Zarathustra by Frederick Nietzsche Translated by Thomas Common Part 4, Chapter 68 The Voluntary Beggar When Zarathustra had left the ugliest man, he was chilled and felt lonesome for much coldness and lonesomeness came over his spirit so that even his limbs became older thereby when however he wandered on and on uphill and down at times past green meadows though also sometimes over wild stony couches where formerly perhaps an impatient brook had made its bed then he turned all at once warmer and heartier again. What hath happened unto me? He asked himself. Something warm and living quickeneth me. It must be in the neighborhood. Already am I less alone. Unconscious companions are in brethren rove around me. Their warm breath toucheth my soul. When, however, he spied about and sought for the comforters of his lonesomeness, behold, they were kind there standing together on an eminence whose proximity and smell had warmed his heart. The kind, however, seemed to listen eagerly to a speaker and took no heed of him who approached. When, however, Zarathustra was quite nigh unto them, then did he hear plainly that a human voice spake in the midst of the kind, and apparently all of them had turned their heads towards the speaker. Then ran Zarathustra up speedily and drove the animals aside, for he feared that someone had here met with harm which the pity of the kind would hardly be able to relieve. But in this he was deceived, for behold, there sat a man on the ground who seemed to be persuading the animals to have no fear of him, a peaceable man and preacher on the mount, out of whose eyes kindness itself preached. What those Thou seek here, asked Zarathustra in astonishment. What do I here seek? answered he. The same that thou seekest, thou mischief maker, that is to say, happiness upon earth. To that end, however, I would fain learn of this kind. For I tell thee, that I have already talked half a morning unto them, and just now were they about to give me their answer. Why dost thou disturb them? Except we be converted and become as kind, we shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven, for we ought to learn from them one thing, ruminating, and verily, 
although a man should gain the whole world and yet not learn one thing ruminating what would it profit him he would not be rid of his affliction his great affliction that however is at present called disgust who hath not at present his heart his mouth and his eyes full of disgust thou also thou also but behold this kind thus spake the preacher on the mount and turned his own look towards ratustra for hitherto it had rested lovingly on the kind then however he put on a different expression who is this with whom i talk he exclaimed frightened and sprang up from the ground this is the man without disgust this is ratustra himself the surmounter of the great disgust this is the eye this is the mouth this is the heart of ratustra himself and whilst he thus spoke he kissed with overflowing eyes the hands of him with whom he spoke and behaved altogether like one to whom a precious gift and jewel had fallen unawares from heaven the kind however gazed at it all and wondered speak not of me thou strange one thou amiable one said ratustra and restrained his affection speak to me firstly of thyself art thou not the voluntary beggar who was cast away great riches who was ashamed of his riches and of the rich and fled to the poorest to bestow upon them his abundance and his heart but they received him not but they received me not said the voluntary beggar thou knowest forsooth so i went at last to the animals and to those kind then learnedst thou interrupted zarathustra how much harder is it to give properly than to take properly and that bestowing well is an art the last subtlest master art of kindness especially nowadays answered the voluntary beggar at present that is to say when everything low hath become rebellious and exclusive and haughty in its manner in the manner of the populace for the hour hath come thou knowest it forsooth for the great evil long slow mob and slave insurrection it extendeth and extendeth now doth it provoke the lower classes all benevolence and petty giving and the over rich may be on their guard whoever at present grip like bulgy bottles out of all too small necks of such bottles at present one willingly breaketh the necks wanton avidity bilious envy k 
careworn revenge, populous pride, all this struck mine eye. It is no longer true that the poor are blessed. The kingdom of heaven, however, is with the kind. And why is it not with the rich? Azatustra temptingly, while he kept back the kind, which sniffed familiarly at the peaceful one. Why thou, thou tempt me? answered the other. Thou knowest it thyself better even than I. What was it drove me to the poorest, O Zarathustra? Was it not my disgust at the richest? At the culprits of riches, with cold eyes and rank thoughts, who pick up profit out of all kinds of rubbish, at this rabble that stinketh to heaven, at this gilded, falsified populace, whose fathers were pickpockets, O carrion crows, O rackpickers, with wise compliant, lewd, and forgetful, for they are all of them not far different from harlots. Populous above, populous below, what are poor and rich at present? That distinction did I unlearn, then did I flee away further and even further until I came to those kind. Thus spake the peaceful one, and puffed himself, and perspired with his words, so that the kind wondered anew. Zarathustra, however, kept looking into his face with a smile. All the time, the man talked so severely, and shook silently his head. Thou doest violence to thyself, thou preacher on the mount. And thou usest such severe words. For such severity, neither thy mouth nor thine eye have ever been given thee, nor methinketh at thy stomach either, unto it all such rage and hatred and foaming over is repugnant. Thy stomach wanteth softer things. Thou art not a butcher, rather seemest thou to me a plant-eater and a root-man, perhaps the grandest corn. Certainly, however, thou art averse to fleshly joys, and thou lovest honey. Thou hast divined me well, answered the voluntary beggar, with lightened heart, I love honey. I also grind corn, for I have sought out what tasteth sweetly and maketh pure breath. Also what requireth a long time, a day's work and a month's work for gentle idlers and sluggards. Furthest, to be sure, have those kind carried it. They have devised ruminating and lying in the sun. They also abstain from all heavy thoughts which inflate the heart. Well, says Ratustra, thou shouldst also see mine animals, mine eagle, and my serpent. 
their like do not at present exist on earth. Behold, thither leadeth the way to my cave. Be to-night its guest, and talk to mine animals of the happiness of animals, until I myself come home. For now a cry of distress calleth me hastily away from thee. Also, shouldest thou find new honey with me, ice cold, golden comb honey, eat it. Now, however, take leave at once of thy kind, thou strange one, thou amiable one. Thought it be hard for thee, for they are thy warmest friends and perceptors. One accepted, whom I hold still dearer, answered the voluntary beggar. Thou thyself art good, O Zarathustra, and better even than a cow. Away, away with thee, thou evil flatterer, cried Zarathustra mischievously. Why dost thou spoil me with such praise and flattery, honey? Away, away from me, cried he once more, and heaved his stick at the fond beggar, who, however, ran nimbly away. End of chapter 68 Recorded by Ashwin Jain